Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Uh, Welcome to the pod. Thanks for listening. Nothing's going on in America this week, so I'm sure you got plenty of time on your hands. Yeah, we. so, you know, we've done this before when... uh, News breaks. We acknowledge that uh, there was a storming of the Capitol. There's protests. There's all sorts of stuff. However, we know you didn't come here to listen to that, but uh, it kind of seems weird to not mention it at all. We're here to uh, provide uh, other entertainments and things like that. But yeah, so that's going on. I don't know. We're acknowledging that that's going on, but we really want to discuss. I think everyone knows we when it comes to like tumult and and in, in, in combat, we pretty much stick to chicken sandwiches, uh, <laughs> dueling chicken sandwiches. Uh, and, and really, there's a there's a much bigger uh, train wreck trash fire going on. And that's at the Tennessee football program. Mm. Mm. I think that's really why people are tuning in. Sully, come get your program. It's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's been drunk for a decade, been, Dan, or longer. It has so been drunk. There, this has is been nothing drunk. new. Longer. Uh, yeah, report. Uh, these have been simmering. And then Mark uh, Schleba, our friend from ESPN, uh, report that Tennessee is no longer extending contracts for assistant football coaches. Uh, that looks like a buyout play. They've paused hiring new coaches for vacancies. Uh, I'm sure they got plenty of coaches at Tennessee. It'll be all right. The uh, school is doing an internal investigation. Billable hours, baby. Billable hours for Bond Shonick to investigate recruiting violations. This, to me, seems like a ploy to uh, find a way to fire Jeremy Pruitt for something other than not winning enough games. That's how I look at this. Uh, there's a quote here from a university spokesman, spokeswoman. We take our institutional commitment to NCAA compliance, but we take seriously our institutional compl- commitment to the to NCAA compliance. Well, hey, there's a first for everything at Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, am I reading this wrong? Or was that a, was that a line from like the Laugh Factory in downtown <laughs> Knoxville? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do. All right. Hey, good. Better late than never. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> like like every school, they take it seriously once they've been caught red handed. That's when you take it seriously. I mean, well, it actually, doesn't really it's say it because they are now taking it seriously as a way to fire their coach. Well, like, oh, it's yes, the most no, selective right. of taking yes. it seriously. Exactly. It's not we've been caught and we're taking it seriously. It's we want to get caught <laughs> in order to take it seriously. It is really actually like next level comedy. Like if you are yeah. writing the Saturday Night Live satire of an SEC program, like Tennessee would really be uh, th- this Tennessee, this latest finding God would really be rich from uh, well, from, there, from 
Oh, there are <laughs> acres of material for the Saturday Night Live satire when it comes to Tennessee. I mean, who could have foreseen that an athletic program run by Phil Fulmer that hired <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt would be in this position? Who could have foreseen him being a smoldering dumpster fire on the field, cheating off the field, and now the fans have turned. And so, you know, usually in this case, if like when it was Mississippi with Hugh Freeze when they were winning, we didn't do anything wrong. This is ridiculous. This is a witch one. Why don't you go look at Alabama? Tennessee, when you're three and seven, uh, there's probably some smoke there. We better look into this. <laughs> when I saw this today, it, it was it was good reporting by uh, our friends at ESPN. This, this was what came into my mind first. I was like, you know what? This actually seals it. Tennessee has somehow dislodged Auburn as the SEC's <laughs> definitive most dysfunctional school. I mean, they've been dueling for a while. They had been neck and neck. But Auburn's ability to actually run a coaching search run by the athletic director, no easy feat, and staving off the bloodless coup of Kevin Steele, Auburn has actually dislodged themselves from what you could call a two-decade stranglehold on the top of SEC dysfunction. Old this has popped up. There's been some others, but boy... Auburn's been Auburn's been pretty Auburn's been pretty good there, and you could argue LSU might be in the conversation. They won oh, the national was, title last year. So. I was going to say, don't leave LSU out of the yeah, but at least they're winning, Pat. You know, like, yes, like um, you know, they like did Joe go Burrow fifteen and zero last year. Yeah, Joe Burrow kind of saved them. If it wasn't for Joe Burrow, like, whew, they would be they would be searing and roiling. Um, but I really feel like this one for Tennessee just says, okay, we. You know, won seven games in a row against no-ranked teams. We gave our coach a raise and an extension. We gave our athletic director a raise and extension. And I don't see Philip Fulmer's fingerprints on any of this. Like, this is coming from 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 a, from above them. And uh, I feel like Tennessee has gone through chancellors like Nick Saban goes through offensive coordinators. I feel like every time I look, there's a new chancellor at Tennessee. So like, it really takes a confluence of wonderful things to get this level of dysfunction. Like you just can't, like you just can't breed it. Like like a lot of dynamics have to be in play. Don D. Plowman, who is now the chancellor of Sully's alma mater, University of Tennessee, basically has to oversee the the self induced implosion of her own program in football to save $12 million. That's what all of this is. They are basically saying, we are going to, now, a majority of the best players have either gone to the draft or transferred. They've lost a majority of their best recruits. So they're like, you know what? We will just wring every last droplet of competence out of our program and save $12 million. Now, we, we spent a lot of time on the Texas mess in the last podcast. At the very least, they just said, you know what? We're going to give Tom Herman his 15 million bucks and let him and let him go away. You know, we're not. But Tennessee said, nope. You know what? We doubled down on our bad hires. That's backfired on us. So now we are going to take our sputtering football program and lodge it in the basement of the SEC for the next couple of years in order to save a few bucks. And we could do a whole podcast on how bad Tennessee's finances are because they are really bad. Like they were really bad before the pandemic. So everything about Tennessee is just this wondrous roiling dumpster fire right now. It's it's really, really special. If Tennessee were to fire Pruitt without causes from the ESPN story, it would owe him a buyout of about twelve point eight million. <laughs> <laughs> 
However, he's and he's he's scheduled to receive two hundred grand on February fifteenth as a retention bonus because you know everyone's everyone's beating down the door to get old Jeremy oh, Pruitt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Under the terms of Pruitt's contract, however, the university fires him with cause. He shall not be entitled to further salary, compensation, benefits, prerequisites, or any other ethically athletically related income. Blah blah blah. So this is pretty much a negotiating deal. Uh, to me, uh, you know, yeah, this is this is really a plot to whenever I write the SEC version of Ballers, <laughs> where you do have that 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 booster meeting. We got to get rid of them. You want to pay twelve million? Pony up. I don't. I ain't got twelve million, man. Well, let's tell them about uh, you know the fifty grand you gave to so and so. All right, you know, and then it's like, come on in, Bond Sean and King. We need to investigate. Just not that hard of an investigation, yeah. like, you know. <laughs> right. Isolated incidents here, there, rogue and, and, assistant. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. we're. Sh- I, I mean, I'm not going to disparage the basketball program, but things are going well over there. Let's just not even, you know. <laughs> yeah. let's, oh, yeah. Don't touch yeah. it. Don't yeah. touch it. Yeah, they're, yeah, don't they had like a over. top five recruiting class or something last yeah. year. Now it's all up on the on the other basketball. Up, we sure. don't have a basketball program. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? He's gonna. We're gonna keep this. This is uh, yeah, this is phenomenal. I, but the ahead. best thing, the I don't know if it's the best thing because there's so many things that could qualify as the best thing out of this. But if and when they can trapdoor Pruitt after saving the money here, who do the fans want? Hugh, Hugh Freeze. Yes, they're very concerned about compliance now. But hey, we get Hugh Freeze. <laughs> they're very. They were very concerned about ethics, man. When there may have been an unsubstantiated third-hand claim against Greg Schiano, but now, uh, you know what? That's in the past. This is this is all different. Hugh Freeze <laughs> learned. He's changed. He's been saved by the Lord. Let's go get him. And I, I would, I would put the odds that there is already a handshake deal. You know, no hand. Got a social distance handshake. <laughs> in Heavily place sanitized for Hugh handshake. <laughs> to me, you make your run at Pruitt. Because you know who you got, and you don't do it now because you, you're you've you've screwed up your the the coaching carousel. Yeah, like you, you know, like you're you're behind, so you're gonna have to limp through Pruitt for another year. I don't know. Hey, maybe maybe I'm all wrong, but I doubt it. If you call Hugh at midnight April 13th, he'll be there at 8 a.m. April 14th. So September 8th, he'll be yeah, there that, exactly. So. He's a you know, the, liberty the, coach. The, the coaching carousel is is different in in this particular instance. Yeah, I hate to disappoint you because it would be so wondrously glorious if they hired Hugh Freeze. But even Tennessee can't do that right now. It, it's just like even they can't do that. Like they are they that is beyond the mockery that they could even self inflict. So I hate I hate to just dim that. I really really do. But I. I really feel it's actually a good conversation of who would they hire. Now, if Billy Napier thought Auburn was a little bit too sideways, do you really think he's going to roll up and hitch his wagon to an unknown? And I don't know if they'll they'll get rid of Fulmer right away, but I, I, if Philip Fulmer's the athletic director there in the calendar year 2022, I would be shocked, right? But you're going to have to get an AD who's gullible enough or thirsty enough to hitch his wagon to an unknown athletic director and taking over a Royal Dumpster Ride. The best part is they're going to have to give this guy a seven-year – you know, $40 million deal, who, whoever it is. But there really aren't a lot of obvious candidates. Fulmer would want to hire Doug Marone, by the way. Those two are thick as thieves. Uh, <laughs> Doug was a 
good but not great coach at Syracuse when he got the Bills job. He was the former tight ends coach uh, there. His wife is uh, Boots Donnelly's daughter, the old Middle Tennessee State coach. A lot of people don't know that. I just like that is that is who Phil Fulmer would want it because he's going to double down on what he knows. You know, nice so, guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I can but, see them being friends. But I can't. I can't imagine Phil Fulmer is going to have a big stick after he just swung and missed so badly on uh, on Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, and then extended him, and then got himself extended. But yeah, who do you think they could hire, Sully? Who do you want? You've you've put a lot of thought and energy to this, Sully. Let's be honest. I don't know anymore, fellas. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the fatigue in his voice. Yes, wow. You have to have a coach, wow. Sully. Like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we're a basketball school now. I think you give Butch <laughs> Jones one year at Arkansas State, and you you bring him back. No, <laughs> no. bring bring back know, the Brick. Sully's going to quit the podcast no. if you say things like that. Then. Hey, I don't think there's Joe, a level that that Hugh Freeze couldn't be a candidate. I, I guess I maybe agree. I'm just so cynical that I underestimate or overestimate or I don't know what estimate that there's some shame factor here. Like, yeah, this is I, the most obvious thing in the world to me. Joe Rexroad, who's columnist uh, for the Athletic in Nashville, and you know knows the terrain, did a did a Twitter poll, and I know Twitter polls are not science, but still, a lot of responses by. Far the leading candidate from the fans was Hugh Freeze, by far. Well, they listened to the fans last time. That went pretty well. I know. I they let the fans vote on well, the rock. That was really they a also, solid. They also had John Gruden and uh, Peyton Manning having lunch uh, at oh, Calhoun's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How many times did Gruden get the job? Three, All four times? Every time. Groomers is one of the great phrases in the history of coaching search nonsense. <laughs> Groomers. <laughs> it was, he just couldn't find a house. He just couldn't find a house. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. Because, you know, John Gruden is really into houses. Like, you oh, can tell he sure. spends a lot of time. Remember, he used to do that show where he had the Fired Coaches Association and he was in like this. Yeah. This, yeah. like cornered off warehouse in like suburban Tampa <laughs> just sitting there watching tape at He'd like three in, at in the morning he would get up yeah, at like get 45 and go there at three visor. grind yeah, the this tape is like, this is a guy who really needs a, a you know needs to get the proper house keeping it uh, interesting Tennessee thank you thank yes. you for that alright look we can have a national championship game coming up it's going to be a doozy um, but uh, much like everything else in this season it does not uh, we're not we're not landing this plane smoothly <laughs> but we're gonna land it i swear i guess all planes land i always say it's just you know it's where how gently That's right. and there's none still up there going around i've been on a plane and people be like i just hope we land oh you're we're gonna land <laughs> We're shaking a little right. I, that's not my hope there, lady. I, I got I, I have a little higher standard than just landing the plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Soft, Jeez. successful and survivable. <laughs> I'm going for gently. OK, but you 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 have your low, <laughs> low standards. Oh, boy. Anyway, we have a covid uh, situation at Ohio State. AL.com that there were at least discussions about postponing Monday's game. Buckeyes have come back and kind of really doubled down, and that's not what we're looking to do here. But they're just saying they're planning to play. Pat, you reported that there's a a protocol in place where where you could uh, technically do that. Pat, uh, what is the standard here? Because anything could happen between as we're discussing this right now and Monday. Uh, what is the timeline if if a game could be postponed? And how does how does this work? Uh, Timeline's an interesting one. I do not know, like you know, when they have to have a drop dead date or anything like that. Maybe that's a bad phrase to use here. But uh, 
the the protocol basically is the the thresholds that are common to most of or similar to most of the conferences. If you get below 53 players total, seven offensive linemen, four interior defensive linemen, or a quarterback, you can ask for a postponement. Now, you can also drop below those levels and say, that's okay, we still want to play. The interesting thing about it to me was the commissioners on the management committee uh, were t- I was told will be the quote-unquote final arbiter on game decisions, but that would not include, obviously, Greg Sankey or Kevin Warren, the commissioners of the conferences with the teams that are competing. That would be, you know, this would be a perfectly fitting way to end the 2020 season was if a there's a some sort of COVID controversy and we have some sort of backroom meeting and everybody wants to know what the votes were, a la the Big Ten's constant debacle of a, a of a decision on whether or not to have a season. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to come to that. I mean, I think everybody says, you know, that, that it looks like Ohio State's going to be okay and we're going to play. But my goodness, you know, it's, it's, it is very apt, at least, that, that we're having one last COVID complication this season. I don't think it ever got tenuous for Ohio State. Like, they, they do have COVID issues right now, and they've had COVID issues all year. So it's not surprising that it is it has continued to uh, to go through the team like it has. If you take one thing away from this podcast, and we've said this all year, if you're going to wager on this game, wait until right before kickoff, before placing your wager. Because if there are key personnel missing, and look, these conversations wouldn't have started if there wasn't any key personnel missing, right? So if there are key personnel missing, make sure you are aware of that key personnel and then acknowledge that the line may shift. I'm not saying it's going to shift dramatically. Um, I don't know what your read is, Pat, like, but... I, I don't think this is like Justin Fields is out, but I do think there is, you know, there's a there's a position group that's been impacted. And I think you would be wise to see what that is, the extent of it, how valuable they are, how that would affect the matchups before you uh, lay your hard earned shekels in something other than Apple stock. Yeah, no, that's, I, you know, I think a lot of the beat writers uh, have done a very good job covering their teams this year by just simply checking personnel during warmups like this person's in this person's not and i will say also ohio state has been pretty good about releasing an availability list about what is it Pete, like an hour before the game or an hour and 15 hour 30 um yeah, so we'll get two, that it might be it, it might be one yeah and yeah day has brought kind of ryan day has brought kind of an nfl approach to injuries like he doesn't talk about them and then it used to be on Fridays, but before the game, now that I think when there's a significant personnel uh, advantage, perhaps now he's done it a couple hours before kickoff. I think that started when they had a lot of personnel gone against uh, against Michigan State. So, right. um, yeah, so it's again, you may not agree with the approach, but they've been pretty consistent about it. And um, that's that's the way it's going to be. There will be a lot of eyeballs on that old personnel list as it uh, as it as it comes out. Uh, yes. Gambling during this is crazy. Uh, we will see, as you said, it's not a backup punter. Um, it's got the sniffles here, so it's gotta be something more than that. Also, we don't know. I mean, testing, we're talking Thursday here. This is when we're taping this. Correct. There's still more tests. Uh, you know, as we know, this virus does not care about our college football, uh, interests. It should, but you know, doesn't. Um, it's one reason I dislike it, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully we get as close to full strength, everybody, as we can get. There has been one positive to come out of this story, and that is the uh, newsworthy, exciting for our purposes, uh, story to come out of this. And that is the reaction of Nick Saban's daughter, Kristen. 
a 2013 graduate of Alabama herself, who immediately seized on the initial report that uh, there were these discussions and went all in, baby, just all in. <laughs> if you if you thought Dabo Sweeney ranking the Buckeyes 11th was an opportunity for motivation. <laughs> this is quadrupled down. <laughs> A tweet from the daughter of Mr. Rat Poison himself. <laughs> if you're not confident to play, then say it. And those are in capitals, so she means the say it part. I call BS on the COVID cases. They're just worried about their QB, the ribs of Justin Fields, uh-huh. and want him to have more time to heal. You didn't see us postpone the rest of the season and wait for Jalen Waddle, and then it says bye in caps, an angry bye. <laughs> I think I think caps signify anger. Um, so in one full swoop, this tweet accuses Ohio State of of lying, yes, of being uh, cowards, and basically of cheating. Yeah. Uh, it was tweeted. It was deleted quicker than Devonte Smith through the open field. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot even imagine how quickly Nick called, or she just did it. I know Coach Saban. I want to call him Coach Saban because that's the proper term. I don't want to insult oh, anyone. That's out right. There. If you don't I know, call him I Coach, know, I I believe he loves his daughter. Um, all of uh, Pat and I are parents, but this would test. The love of my daughter. I know that, right? Like, I would love her a little less that moment. So, woo! I mean, this is this is fantastic. She later uh, came back and said it was uncalled for, hurtful, a huge mistake, and she's ashamed and embarrassed. We don't care. We don't care. No, Too no. late for our purposes. <laughs> Can't take it back. I've never purchased rat poison, like, in a store, so I don't know if you buy it in a vial, in a box. I don't know exactly, like, the the instrument in which it is delivered, but whatever, that is the most giant delivery of rat poison. I don't know if it's liquid, if it's a solid. I don't know how you get it, but whatever it is, <laughs> that is just a, a heaping helping. It's a, it's a, uh, it's like a cardboard box full of rat poison just dropped on the uh, dropped on the doorstep of uh, of Ohio State. How about this? Do we really think Justin Fields is that injured? So I was on one of the conference calls this week. He obviously got crushed in the ribs with this violent hit. He also threw four touchdown passes after that. And again, was he hobbled? Yes. Did he look? But like, I don't I don't know. It, certainly it is to be asked about, but I, I, maybe maybe I'm naive and I don't know enough about rib injuries, but I I kind of like left that game thinking he looked okay and it is not going to be, he could be in pain. He may have to get another shot, but like, I'm not sitting here thinking this is going to be like this huge swaying thing in this game. Anyway, I, I threw that little injury thing in there. Cause it would, it, that, that's what it seems to me. A lot of people think he's really dinged up, but who knows? Uh, first off, I guess, thank you to Kristen for helping just, Absolutely fan the flames of, of pregame smack talk. And, and thank you to Cardale Jones, the former Ohio State quarterback, who immediately seized upon her tweet with a great one of his own, uh, firing back at her saying, oh, so you want to go against our backups again? How'd that work out the last time? Since Ooh, Cardale was the I backup quarterback, the third stringer who led them to a 42-35 upset victory in the 2014 playoff semifinals. Uh, so that was wonderful, that repartee there. But Kristen Saban has a lot to say on Twitter, and I can't blame her for that. I often do, too. And sometimes you can talk yourself into trouble, uh, and she has on, on many occasions. And I just 
I could picture Saban, you know, like Saban is obviously in the tunnel as he always is, but like dispatching some graduate assistant, go rip the phone from my daughter's hands and throw it away. Throw it in the Warrior River right outside of Tuscaloosa. And then we are cutting off her cell service and she cannot get another one because she is causing problems where he doesn't need any problems to be caused. It is, it's for a guy who is, you know, don't give them anything and keep your mind on the task at hand. Shut up, button down, eyes forward, head down. Man, she she is not quite on the same playbook as her father. God bless her. It was some brilliant. I mean, it was brilliant. It's she needs a burner account. That's, she does. Yeah. <laughs> she needs a Bama burner. gal forty three. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> some things are not. You don't. You know. You don't. Uh, you don't get to just. You don't get the freedom if your last name is Saban. That's true. Uh, so I just I can only imagine like that 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 reaction of Nick Saban. Like oh. just wait, what? What happened? Who said it? Oh my god. <laughs> but anyway, we'll see. I'm sure uh Ryan Day will make that available if necessary. I'm sure the guys heard it, but I mean that was a full on assault. That was not oh just like I think oh. we'll win, you know, go go <laughs> roll tide, kick ass or something. No, it was like you're cheating, lying. <laughs> <laughs> and you're scared to play yeah. as chicken, yeah. everything. Um, all right, let's get to the game. Monday night, 8 p.m., biggest game of the year. And I, I, we have not had a gazillion great big games this year. Obviously, we had some Clemson-Notre Dame showdowns that were pretty good. We had a Georgia-Alabama. We had a, you know, there's been a few, but this is it. Ohio State hasn't played. I mean, they played uh, Clemson. That was a big game. But this has not been a year of big games. This is one we can really look at. Adding to the quote-unquote rat poison angles. Buckeyes are not completely innocent here either, uh, and we encourage it. Ohio State uh, defensive back Sean Wade came out and said, you know, you already know who I want to go up against. I'm guessing that is a, a call out to Devonta Smith that, okay, you have to back that up. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> Bring your running shoes, Sean. Thoughts on that, because that very well could be a key matchup in this game. Ohio State ranks 57th in the country in passing defense efficiency, and uh, Alabama can huck it all over, and they may get Jalen Waddle back. We don't even know, but even if he's on the field, that... uh, Yeah, that's... uh, I mean, and the fact of the matter is, too, that Sean Wade hadn't played well this year. Uh, He has not had a great season for a guy that came in as the premier defensive back in the country and, you know, actually fake opted out for a little bit to try to up the ante on the Big Ten to uh, restore the season. He might have should have stated opted out because he he hadn't been great. And you want to put him on Devontae Smith? You go ahead. I mean, he was getting a lot of criticism in the Clemson game for just playing soft the whole game, giving up big cushions. Like his whole goal was just not to get beat deep. And you give up cushions to Alabama, they'll kill you underneath. Now, if you get up too close, they'll kill you over the top. So this sets up as a, a problem in for that in that area. I mean, really for both teams. I think both teams pass defense it's, is 100%, not 100%, let's say 80% gettable. And both teams can absolutely deliver big plays. You know, I mean, the Fields, Alave, Wilson combination was absolutely incredible in the uh, semifinal against Clemson. And now you throw in the tight ends that they've been adding into the mix. And Alabama has a lot to think about with a, you know, pretty pedestrian set of safeties back there. Patrick Sertan's fantastic at corner, but that's only one corner. Josh Jobs actually played well at the other corner. He was good against Notre Dame. 
But that's the advantage Ohio State. But on the other side of it, as you mentioned, Ohio State was 50-something in pass efficiency defense. Well, Alabama's number one in pass efficiency offense. I mean, they are just an absolute machine in that area. Mac Jones doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, their receivers don't drop balls. They run great routes. They're fast. They're strong. And then, yes, as you mentioned, Dan, you, you, you're going to add Jalen Waddle to the mix? Maybe. You know, we'll see I, if he plays, how much, how effective he is. But just you put him out on the field, Kerry Combs is like, okay, we got to account for that too. Uh, it's certainly giving Alabama or Ohio State, I'm sorry, one more thing to prepare for and think about. For Sean Wade, and again, we encourage smack talk here. We 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 covet rat poison. If we had a happy hour, we'd have like rat poison buffets, right? <laughs> um, so I, I certainly don't want to discourage Sean Wade from uh, from 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 talking his uh, from talking his talk. But I will just recall the Penn State game where Jahan Dotson, who's a fine receiver for Penn State. But he did not win the Heisman Trophy. In that uh, Ohio State-Penn State game, uh, Mr. Dotson caught three balls on our friend Sean Wade and finished that game. And again, they, they weren't all matched up with him with eight catches for 144 yards, three touchdowns. I believe at least two of the touchdowns. Remember, he had that one-handed catch down the left sideline Dotson did in that game. So if, uh, if, if Mr. Dotson is scorching you for a career day and Wade basically is adjusted to play outside corner, and that's why he came back. He was in the slot last year and he, he went and played. He wanted to play outside corner and has not been a good adjustment. Like, he has not played like a first-round pick out there. Last season, Damon Arnett returned to Ohio State, and he might have been an undrafted guy or like a late-round pick, and he played so well under Jeff Halfley that he got picked 19th in the draft. It was one of the shockers of the NFL draft. We're not shocked a lot in the NFL draft anymore. Uh, Damon Arnett played his way into a big-time place in the NFL draft. Sean Wade so far has done the opposite. I'm not saying he's not going to get drafted or anything like that, but there are all of a sudden concerns, and maybe he is just like a slot corner. You get picked in the first round if that's what you uh, if that's what you do. So uh, we applaud Sean Wade for his, uh, how should I say this, for his boldness and for giving us things to write about. I just have a little bit of hesitation in reality if he's matched up with uh, Mr. Smith or Mr. Waddle upon his return. Cornell Powell uh, had two TDs, 139 yards uh, for Clemson the other day, too. So I don't think there would be a, a real hard decision if you had to choose which wide receiver you wanted uh, between Powell and Smith. All right. The one thing Ohio State did do very well against Clemson was get after Trevor Lawrence. That defensive line was terrific. To the point at some at some stages late in the game, it was like just a jailbreak rush. Like nobody was even getting in the way of them practically. They were just dominated. Uh, Lawrence really couldn't do much. He got sacked. There was the uh, the fumble. Uh, there was different things. He was pressured. Can they get that on Mac Jones? Now, the, the offensive line of Alabama won the uh, Joe Moore Award. It's the best offensive line in the country. Jones uh, was sacked just 17 times in 12 games. Um, I, you know, I think... Mac Jones doesn't make mistakes. His his completion percentage is is phenomenal. It's like over seventy five percent or something. But you put you get to him and everything changes. So I think this is the key to the defense: is how quickly can they get up there? Uh, your thoughts on that, Pat? Oh yeah, big key. Ohio State has had talent on the off defensive front, but they really haven't kind of come through the way until I would say the last uh, game, maybe two. I mean, they 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 got some pressure on Peyton Ramsey and made him make some mistakes as well. Yeah, they they showed up like the rest of Ohio State. It was like all of a sudden, whoa, look at this team. 
that put everything together all of a sudden uh, last week. And will that carry over? I don't know. Clemson's offensive line was not great. You know, that was fairly pedestrian bunch. Alabama, not very pedestrian. Uh, Alabama 24th in the country in sacks allowed at 1.4 per game. And part of that is because Mac Jones is not a big scrambler and he's not afraid to occasionally eat the ball as opposed to throw an interception. He will not do that. He's only thrown four interceptions. He hasn't fumbled this year. Like if you're looking for a quarterback who may have a game where he's like, Ooh, you're making way too many mistakes. That's more likely to be Justin Fields, whereas he had multiple interception games against both Indiana and against Northwestern. Not saying that that he is wild with the ball, but he's just a little more likely than Mac Jones, who just doesn't have bad games like that. So, you know, I I, I look at every part of Alabama's offense and say it's incredibly good, and the challenge is going to be significant for Ohio State to slow them down in any meaningful way. Well, I really feel like. The thing I'm going to be watching closest from warmups, because uh, I'll be there and Pat will be there, and uh, prior to kickoff will be Ohio State's defensive line personnel. They were missing Tyler Friday and, and Zach Harrison, one starter and one like heavy rotation defensive lineman for the Clemson game. Those were those were surprises that that day. And also Harry Miller, uh, their starting guard, missed because of COVID. Now, at least four of their starters on the offensive line have missed time because of COVID-19 and uh, related things. Just because that Michigan State game, there were obviously three of them out. So I really think a lot of the key to how this is going to unfold on Monday will be, are those defensive line players gone or are other defensive line players gone? Because the the virus tends to travel in position groups. Those guys practice together. They tend to live together. They tend to meet together. I don't know exactly how all that's going at this moment for Ohio State. So are, are Friday and Harrison back? Because if you're going to beat Alabama, you're going to have to have depth on the defensive line. If we go all the way back to Sugar Bowl, when Ezekiel Elliott ran through Alabama, the, the way Urban Meyer had built Ohio State to compete with the SEC was through defensive line talent and depth. And Ohio State has a very good defensive line. It does not have the elite top five pick that it has essentially had for the past I guess, what, seven, eight seasons with two Boses and, uh, and Chase Young. But they are high-end. People in the Big Ten are like, you know, don't discount that just because they don't have that thumper first-round pick. They have a lot of dudes on there. So their ability to have that depth on the defensive line, because ultimately their whole defense is built around stopping the run. And if if Alabama senses a weakness, and I know they've opened things up from Lane Kiffin and on to Dayball and beyond to Sark, but if they know they can hammer the ball down your throat, they are going to hammer the ball down your throat. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty simple in that sense. And Najee Harris is the best running back in all of college football. So I, I really think that is an area where Ohio State dominated the trenches against Clemson. That's why they won the game. They dominated both sides. Now Clemson is not what they were on either of those lines. Now they're not going to ever have the line two years ago where they had three first round picks, right? So that's like that's probably not going to happen again. But they and they have two young guys who probably Miles Murphy and uh, Brian, Brian Bercy, who will probably be first round picks someday. So I just am hesitant to think that Ohio State is going to have such a distinct advantage against Alabama in the trenches. I, I if everybody's healthy, I you know you could call it a push, right? Like I, I think Alabama has an excellent offensive line. They're obviously going to be missing their starting center going into going into the game. When you talk to coaches around the SEC, Eli Drinkwitz said this on our podcast last week. He thinks 
the thing that gets overlooked is how dominant their offensive line is. So again, I hate to go all like football guy cliche on you that it's going to be one in the trenches, but I really feel like that's where the tenor of this game is going to be decided. I mean, look, if, if Beck Jones and he, he, with, with Harris, you can play action. I mean, this is just basic yeah. football. Yeah. And then if he has time, I mean, I, Sean Wade could turn into uh Terrell Revis and eventually you, He's only card. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly the key. I mean, if they can move, if you win the line, you know, I go back to that game. Remember that game, the the, the Notre Dame uh, Alabama game in that BCS uh, championship. I think he was oh, sitting yeah. next to me, Pat. I was, and and it, it was like the first couple plays. There was one play Notre Dame made a stop, and then after that, like, and then they <laughs> they switched side in the offensive line, and you're like, this game is over. Like this was just, <laughs> there's no shot. They are going to dominate, and and Saban's going to just sit there and go, all right, this is going to be easy. Yeah, um, I, I, I believe you said after one possession each, this game is over. After two possessions each, you said this game is boring. And at that point, you started working on the column on A.J. McCarron's girlfriend and Brett Musburger being a creeper on her. That's that how that game went. All true. All true. I found, her, <laughs> I found her and interviewed her in the stands. Yeah, That is wheelhouse yeah. Dan Wetzel right there. Like, this gentlemen. game sucks. Ain't no one reading about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The left guard pulled and yeah. the tide My won. news judgment. Wait, we have a beauty queen in the stands that an 80-year-old man's creeping on? That's a Yahoo's that's a Yahoo.com story if we were ever. Let's go, let's go find her. On Ohio State's benefit. Now, I think Harris is, is the best running back in the country, but the last two games, you could say Holy Trey Sermon was the mother. best running back in the country. This guy changes everything. 589 total yards and three TDs in the last two games. It is incredible. And he is, I mean, he is tough. How did he not get on the field earlier? I don't know. Obviously, they had Master Teague. I, I am intimidated through the television at this man's biceps. <laughs> <laughs> I know biceps do not necessarily make you a good uh, running back, but good Lord, this guy, he looks like the anatomy chart. <laughs> I mean, he is some, I'm just like, good. I wouldn't tackle that guy. Forget it. Um, so put on, you know, Bama's got to deal with some stuff here. Uh, Alabama allowed uh, just 110 rushing yards per game this season. It, can they? This is the immovable object and the the literally the irresistible force uh, slamming into each other. Can Ohio State run the ball? which then just, again, like anything else, changes everything uh, uh, for Justin Fields at, at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they can. Um, you know, one, one of the things, I mean, Alabama's run defense is good. There's no doubt about it, but they have not played a running back like Trey Sermon. Kyron Williams for Notre Dame is a good running back, but at least if Sermon's going to keep playing the way he has, you know, and I think there were some real adjustment issues for him as a grad transfer from Oklahoma. You know, he didn't mesh very easily, very quickly at Ohio State. But now once he's gotten it, it's to me very similar of when Ezekiel Elliott just completely blew up at the end of his sophomore year and carried him to a national title. You know, Zeke was 220 against Wisconsin, 230 against Alabama, 246 against Oregon. Trey Sermon's, you know, a, a good game away from surpassing that total. Uh, in his last three games. So, you know, he he's going to be a load. He's going to be a handful. And if you combine that with, and here's the question, Pete, you, you brought it up about how healthy is Justin Fields. If you can combine that with a meaningful zone read threat from Fields, does he want to run the ball? 
He may be healthy enough to play and to throw, but does he want to run or not, I think is a big question. But if he can, true, then Ohio State has every weapon imaginable, and Alabama's going to be up against it just like Ohio State's defense is up against it. Yeah, the, the path to victory for Ohio State re- revolves around a, you know, a diverse offensive performance, right? Trey Sermon has to put up another performance like he has in the past two postseason games. Justin Fields needs to drop those parabolas, you know, uh, one or two of those parabolas to stretch the field vertically like he did. And look, the Justin Fields we saw in the playoff game was exactly the one we really saw his first year at Ohio State last season. I believe he finished 41-3, and three, maybe 41 touchdowns, three interceptions. It might have been four or five, but it was a preposterous number, and I know at least one of those was against Clemson in the playoff. Like He had one of the great individual seasons in recent college football history. Now, there was a lack of rhythm that came with part of this season. You got different linemen coming in. You got different receivers. Olave didn't play against Northwestern, which really hurt what they do, but... I, I think when you want to dial into some inside baseball, I agree. Ohio State has the ability to run the ball, needs to do it, also needs to have a downfield threat game. But I think a lot of this game is going to be, come down to what Pat said earlier, is how do how does each play caller, Sark and Ryan Day, exploit the other team's safeties? Because the safeties on both teams are the, are the weaknesses. And Drinkwitz was good talking about play calling versus safeties and and how to do that, you, you know, alignments in terms of isolating guys. Because... If Trace, if safeties are covering Trey Sermon, for example, coming out of the backfield, there's going to be mismatches there. Ohio State's tight ends emerged as huge threats. Those are those are obviously obvious matchups with safety. So how how does that chess match work where you can you can exploit those guys? And I really think that whatever receiver is opposite Job, right? I, I don't think you're going to pick on Patrick Sertain all day, right? He's Alabama's number one corner. He's a great cover guy. So Whoever it is, whether it's Wilson or Alave across from Job, I really think they're going to have to they're going to have to scheme in order to exploit that matchup because that and the safeties are really where you're going to end up going if you're going to make make hay with Ohio State. This is where I think the the obviously Fields is the X factor here. If he plays like he did against Clemson, Ohio State can absolutely win this game. If he plays like he did against Northwestern, this is not going to go well. Uh, you two are going to be looking for uh, Mac Jones's girlfriend in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> Would you agree to a socially distant interview? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was socially distant. She wasn't letting uh, whatever, whatever. What was what was the woman's name? I can't remember. Um, she wasn't letting me get within six feet of her, even no. pre-COVID. Even then, yeah, I know better. Miss Alabama's do not just keep your distance. <laughs> uh, anyway, the uh, so that I think that's an issue, and then that's where the ribs come in. I, I mean, look, Justin Fields wants to play. And when football players want to play, there are ways to get football players into games. And I don't know that it'll come to that or not, but he'll be on the field. But when you take your first hit, things can change. You got to you have to feel good for all three hours out there. And that's not necessarily easy. So those ribs, I think, are are an interest. I do think the help is we got, uh, you know, 11 days of rest and all that. So I think that'll be a big thing. But a lot of this, look, whoever wins this is going to have to play phenomenally. Like they're going to have to get great performances because the other team is so good. So yeah, now from that standpoint, it should be great. You know, I mean, I my hope is that we we get a heck of a game here to watch. The the last two championship games, quite frankly, were a little bit of a letdown where you expected that high level clash, Clemson LSU. No LSU just blitzed them, and then the year before where Clemson just destroyed Alabama. Alabama self-destructed, and Clemson played on a ridiculous level. I'm hopeful this time both of them show up and play at a high level. All right, let's make some picks here. 
we have the the race for the case bowl edition is exciting. This is exciting as an armed forces bowl post game brawl. I'm sorry, Lockheed Martin armed forces bowl. I want no, to make sure go. our sponsors get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need someone to, you know, Lockheed Martin or, or somebody to sponsor the race for the case bowl edition. Anyway, myself, Pete, and Sully, all thirteen and ten. Someone can win. Pat, twelve and eleven. Mm. So. A game behind. You can muck it up somehow. I don't I, know. It's going to be know. hard to lone wolf this one. Might be hard. We'll see. All right. The spread is uh, Bama giving seven and a half. Pat, you're you're twelve and eleven. Uh, let's let's give you the first crack at this. Yeah. Jeez. I've got some hunches which ways you guys might go. Ah, uh, heck it. I'm just gonna. I I think Alabama's the better team. Seven and a half seems like a lot. I don't like the hook there, but I'm going to take it, or I'm going to give it, and I'm going to say Alabama is going to win, uh, and just we'll see where it goes from there. All right, Pete? Taking Alabama 41-31. I think they win in cover. Um, And please, God, don't wager until you know the personnel. Heck, until you know the game is going to be played (laughs) and the personnel. (laughs) Oh, I'll I'll take the opportunity to try to win this thing. Give me the Buckeyes and the hook. I like it. Damn. 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 Ah. <laughs> uh, that that setup juicy man I, i'll take that hook half point is uh big mama didn't raise a fool <laughs> for sully there um all right so now i mean I either tie somebody yeah. uh, postponement i'm going remember that akron <laughs> game <laughs> to tie this back to me remember the famous nebraska akron game where, oh, where nebraska oh, yeah. the game got canceled because of weather but Lightning. Akron just yeah. bailed and wanted their money because the contract didn't mention weather. But do you know what the contract did mention? You remember this famous contract? Yeah, it was it like insurrection, right? Insurrection. And now <laughs> the game was canceled <laughs> due to insurrection. And we laughed and said, what? Insurrection's Ins- on the table. <laughs> what? Insurrection? You forgot to put tornado? What? And then, well, apparently, I, may, I take back my, my many jokes of the uh, Nebraska lawyers. Who created that thing? Anyway, Sully, uh, what are the bet MGM odds on insurrection? Do you got them? Oh man, I don't know. There, if you got them at the long, you got them two days ago. You got to be feeling pretty good because I feel like they've shifted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Insurrection. I had insurrection uh, at a thousand to one. There was also invasion, and uh, that was, I mean, like, <laughs> but incredible it takes job. A while to, by, unless I mean, Iowa was doing it, it takes a while for any foreign country <laughs> to even get to Nebraska. I mean, it's like you, you could clip off Maine or something. <laughs> You know those Canadians been eyeballing that thing. I mean, for Hawaii a while. could get swallowed whole. Nobody yeah. noticed. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't know parts of Alaska. Who knows? Like the deadliest catch fisherman would be speaking. <laughs> uh, all right, I, I think we need to have a tiebreaker then. Okay. All right. So maybe what do we go. Um, oh, I don't know. Pete, name a score. Pete named a score. Okay. P- Pat, you name your your score on uh, on Bama. Jeez, Louise. Closest um, one gets it. Yeah, I'm going to say 49-38, Alabama. I got to go, um, give me 45-40 tied. Well, we're all going to have the same pretty much number. All right, so I got to go like $1. This is like, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Alabama uh, to cover, and I'm going to take 48. I'll take 48-40, Alabama okay. cover. It's going to be a good game, though. There you go. I hope it's a good game. If our predictions are right, it's going to be pretty entertaining. That's for sure. Yeah, we're all right. Yeah, no, that, so I should have gone $1 and gone like, what, like 35 zip? 
something like that. That's probably the. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm rattled. I'm rattled. <laughs> Wetzel thrown off his game here. This is why I never win the race for the case. I'm right. I, that, the only price of right game you could win is Plinko. The pick is not to be right. It's to be smart. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like Bay, uh, Ohio state three to two. That's my bet. Uh, no, I'll, uh, whatever. I don't know. I'm not, I'm going to lose this thing anyway. Uh, all right. That's our show. Hey, we're going to tape right after the game. So when you get up on uh, Tuesday morning, check us out full breakdown of the game and Lord knows what else will happen. Uh, in, uh, in in the in the, the, the world of college football or at large between now and Tuesday morning. So appreciate you guys all. We, we, we've almost made it. We, <laughs> we think we're going to make it. And uh, we hope so. So we'll talk to you all on Tuesday. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.